0: you're now listening to the boys in the booth podcast with your hosts harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every monday on spotify and apple podcasts
1: Good evening and welcome to episode 98 of the podcast. We are your hosts, Cody Abrams and Melbourne. We are back after a week off and boys, super excited for this one because it is the kickoff of our division rankings for the upcoming NHL season. Training camp gets going on Wednesday and uh, again, just super excited for hockey to be coming back. But first of all, how are you guys doing on this fine evening?
2: doing really good harp um if you can't tell from the background i'm not at home right now i actually am in north augusta i'm here for this weekend's the annual fish fry in toledo so i came back for the week a couple meetings in brockville too as well so um that explains some bad quality on my end for sure um if you see the camera rocking it's because i actually have you on the uh the rail of our pool table down here in the office pool room uh here's some proof i can grab the cue ball right from uh in front of me so (laughs) you might be rocking and bouncing and maybe a little little bit of lagging but doing well happy to be here
0: I think it's great case. And I'm also happy to be here, you know, because like I've been saying for the last few episodes, these four weeks before the season starts, I think are arguably the best weeks of the off season. You don't see the big trades or like the free agent signings or whatever, but you get starting to think, you start to think about, projections and predicting you know how the standings are going to go and that's exactly what we're going to do today and i think it's just so exciting to be able to do that you start to see teams coming together i mean training camp is less than a week away Preseason is like 10 days away or something uh as of right now so overall i'm just excited for hockey and uh, i'm just ready to get going
1: Yeah, over the weekend, it was great to see uh, the prospects challenge, and uh, so we had that uh, over the weekend, and yeah, like you said, Chad, this is the time to start doing predictions or projections for the upcoming season. Most of the team's rosters have been constructed and finalized. Uh, You know, we're still waiting on some big things to happen, i.e., Jack Eichel, all of the uh, RFAs that still need to be uh, re-signed uh, by their um, their teams, and uh, also guys on PTOS, and I do find that interesting as well. Tyler Ennis, of course, uh, one of the latest guys to get a PTO. Uh, And for him, that was with the Ottawa Senators once again. So let's get right into the Pacific Division, guys. And uh, so we're going to rank them one through eight. And I think the best way to to do this is we'll just we'll take turns going through our list. And then we'll just have a free open discussion about teams, where we have them and uh, any thoughts or opinions that we might have. So, uh, Chad, let's start with you. Let's get your list, your rankings One through eight, uh, how you think the Pacific will stack up for the 2021-22 NHL season? Go ahead
0: okay so just some opening comments i think uh i want to be clear that the structure of this episode i think as we've done in the past and we've seen really good engagement in the past with episodes that are done this way is that we want to come together and build a consensus one through eight in the division so that's what we're going to do we're each going to say where we have these teams uh on our own rankings but then we must agree by the end and it's not easy and in those disagreements that's where the good discussions come even though you know this is the Pacific this is probably the division that we are both uh, or all of us rather uh, most distant from and i will say it's no surprise that the the pacific is probably the worst division in the nhl like i don't think it's yeah. it's uh it's wrong for me to say that so those are just some opening comments there uh personally i think this is vegas's division to lose and i think you guys would agree with that as well uh vegas finished second in the nhl last year uh just behind colorado they almost won the president's trophy they are the best team in this division and we'll see how it goes this year but I I think it's theirs to lose. Um, And I will say before I get into my rankings as well that I think all of the teams in the Pacific uh except for vegas as soon as they get to the playoffs they're gonna get clapped because this division sucks (laughs) so sorry um but i just wanted to be frank and that includes edmonton as well who has the best player in the world but doesn't know how to play defense and i'm sure we'll talk about that in this uh episode so here's my rankings i'm not married to any of these except for number one really though even for a team like Vegas, who I'm putting at number one, I could see them sliding, I guess, um, in, a, in an unpredictable full 82 game season. But, uh, so I'm not married to any of these, but this is where I have my rankings uh, as of right now. So Vegas 1, Edmonton 2, Vancouver 3, Seattle 4. Calgary, five, LA Kings, six, San Jose, seven, and Anaheim, eight. Again, you're going to disagree, but I'm not married to any of these, so feel free to change my mind. Those are my rankings. Uh, Case, why don't we go to you next?
2: Yeah, it's funny. We love this series, and uh what better way to start off uh, an exciting series than with the shittiest division there is? <laughs> <laughs> I actually started looking at this, and I was like, man, I don't like any of these teams. And, and, uh, I'm kind of looking at Calgary and I'm thinking just for example, um, this is a team that struggled in the all Canadian division last year that I thought was the worst division last year. And, uh, and they didn't improve very much that being said here's my rankings vegas number one edmonton number two canadian team vancouver number three canadian team la kings at four calgary at five anaheim six san jose seven and seattle just being an absolute dumpster fire in their first year
0: (laughs) so we agree then on our top three which is actually more than i thought yeah so yeah we kicked off pretty hot there chad that's good okay harp how about you yeah, very good. Uh, so
1: the the top two, we all it's unanimous for the for the top two in this division. I personally, I think, guys, in the Pacific, it's Vegas and Edmonton at the top with Vegas being number one, uh, Edmonton uh, being number two. And I think it, it, it could very well be wide open, except for the bottom two spots, which I think belong to san jose and anaheim and those two are interchangeable but i think like that middle group like three to six i think it, it, it could uh stack up uh in any way shape or form so anyway with that being said uh here is how i think the pacific will stack up so vegas one edmonton two i've got calgary at three vancouver at four seattle at five la at six san jose at seven and the Anaheim ducks finishing eighth uh in this division. So uh yeah, anyway, that is how I think the Pacific will uh will stack up. So uh let's get into some uh some thoughts, some disagreements and stuff here. Why don't we? Okay, yeah, well we can
2: kind of start with the the top two here that we, we're all a lock for uh, uh like one and two, right? Yeah, and yeah and just touch on them and get them out of the way and then we can get in the exactly. other ones. Um, When I look at Vegas, like you said, Chad, you kind of started this off pretty well with they were the second best team in the NHL last year. They they went on, you know, the same sort of run that we've been used, like used to seeing them do. Sorry, I am babbled right now. (laughs) Um, But really, I I look at this team and I actually think that they got a little worse this year. They didn't really have any significant pickups, but they did kind of lose some key players or some maybe some depth pieces, and uh, their goaltending's a little softer now without the Vesna winning goalie. So, I do see this team being uh, worse in the total standings. But looking at this division, I can't see them being anywhere but number one. So, that, like that's my opinion on Vegas.
0: Yeah, and it, we all agree on this. And isn't it funny, the fact that Vegas lost the Vesna winning goalie, and that's not going to matter in the playoffs at all because Robin Lehner is going to be their go-to guy, like he was for some of the playoffs. And it, it's just like, it's incredible that they had two, maybe top five, definitely top 10 goalies in the NHL on the same team, which is hilarious but yeah it's Vegas's division to lose as I said I did like their pickup of Nolan Patrick I thought that uh was nice I think he needed a fresh start and he should be hopefully slotted into the third line center spot because as we know Vegas lacks center depth that's the one knock against Vegas um so I did like that pickup their top 4 on D is filthy and like I mentioned before Laner's like a top 5 goalie in the league so uh, yeah any more Mm -hmm. thoughts on Vegas Hart before we move on to Edmonton at number 2
1: I, I'm i glad you mentioned Nolan Patrick because I, I do like that pickup as well. He just got a, a two-year extension. It's a bridge deal, just over a million dollars a year. And I think the talent is there, but we just haven't seen the consistency. He's been banged up. And Kelly McCrimmon, the GM, knows him really well, right, guys, from the days with the Brandon Wheat Kings. So uh, I'm looking uh, forward to seeing Nolan Patrick really bounce back. Going back to the goaltending as well, Chad, they picked up Laurent Brossois, uh, who is going to be Robin Lehner's backup. And I, I, I think he's a very solid backup. I, I think he will be able to come in and, and play some games for them when they need him to. And uh, so it's a very similar group. Uh, Vegas has uh, has lost a bit from the offseason as well. Um, but looking at a few guys like Patrick, Brett Howden is another guy that comes to mind. Maybe Evgeny Dadnov can bounce back as well because don't forget that uh, they acquired him from the Ottawa Senators this offseason as well. So I think Vegas did a nice job of quietly adding some depth. And uh, yeah, like you said, Case, they're not going to be there in the total standings like they were this past season, but they're number one in this division. There's no question. It's theirs to lose.
2: If you put a gun to my head and said, you need to tell me what Kelly McCrimmon's um, connection is with Nolan Patrick, I would be dead today.
1: Well,
0: <laughs> I, I was thinking uh, the same thing, Case. I, I don't, I, when Harp makes these connections, I normally don't bring it up. But Harp, why don't you elaborate yeah. for the listeners at home and for uh, your two co-hosts? <laughs>
2: Just the way he says, right, guys, right?
0: It's like, no. We I, smile I, I, and nod, though. We smile and nod. <laughs> elaborate Uh, Um, sorry what is the i'm I'm actually confused i can't
1: i can't stop laughing all right all
2: right forget it um (laughs) i agree with everything you said there harp though uh except maybe dadanov i think that that was kind of a strange pickup especially at the the dollars that picked them up um he's a guy that fell out of the lineup for the Ottawa Senators, a not very good team last year. And uh, if you can't really, you know, make way in the Ottawa Senators, then I don't know what you're really going to be doing for Vegas, but we've seen them pick up some guys who, who may have struggled in other areas and, and do well there. So the door is definitely open for him to have a bounce back year, but I just don't personally see it.
1: Chad, that, if, yeah, on. no, for sure. And now that I've, contain myself i'll I'll go back to the patrick mccrimmon uh um connection mccrimmon was in brandon in the whl as the general manager running the team when patrick was there so anyway i even
2: said uh, patrick mccrimmon so
1: that's that's how much i knew about that connection (laughs) anyways um but yeah no vegas like you said, Case, not going to be there in the total league standings, but they're going to be number one in this division for sure. Uh, all right, boys, let's move on to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Connor McDavid, season number seven for him. And uh, look, I, I think the pressure's on. They spent a lot of money this offseason. Zach Hyman comes in. Darnell Nurse re-signed on a massive ticket. Mike Smith is back. The goaltending didn't change at all. Taylor Yamamoto is back on a one-year deal. Uh, the deal for Cody Cece on the back end as well. Tyson Berry has returned. Um, pressure's on for, for Edmonton, guys. They spent a lot of money this offseason, so it seems like Kenny Holland and company are trying to go for it and really take a step here. Uh, Chad, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Edmonton, and uh being a number 2 uh in the Pacific for the upcoming season.
0: Yeah, so having Edmonton at number 2 and we all agree on that um which is nice, but I I don't think we're willing to say that Edmonton will even have a good team this year or maybe they won't even be better than they were last season, who knows? But I just I just think that this division is so weak and Edmonton is is going to be able to score their way out of problems, but like I said off the top at uh, the start of this episode in the playoffs I don't think Edmonton's going to be able to do anything and I mean I just I just think this team is terrible and I hated their offseason uh, <laughs> especially on the back end like I just and I've got them at number two I understand um, and it's because I like their top six I really do I like Pugliarvi and Yamamoto I think they really established themselves as complimentary wingers in the top six to Dreisaitl and McDavid and even New when Plays up there, so I, I do like that. The addition of Hyman is really good for their top six as well. Uh, Fogle is a good addition for their bottom six. But if you look at their yep. D and the, and their defense and goalies are my main concern with this team, and that's why I think they're no good. N- they don't have a single defenseman who can play defense. Like they have Tyson Berry, who led defensemen in scoring last season. So like that's good for them until it comes time to defend in the playoffs when you need to win a two-one game. Do you know what i mean and and then their goalies like they've got mike smith and sure if mike smith starts half the games he might be okay because he had a decent season last year like he was one of the better goalies in terms of goals saved above expected but it was a small sample size so even if smith gets you like you know 50 60 starts and and they're mostly okay do you think Koskinen can get you the rest of those and and have them be quality starts? Personally, I don't. I think their tandem is atrocious and I think their defense is atrocious. But overall, I think it's better than, than most other teams in this division, which is saying a lot about the quality of this division, in my opinion. Now, I might be blown away by the Oilers, but it, that, that's just how I feel right now. Casey, what are your thoughts?
2: I, I think they're a little better than what you're leading on to here. <laughs> but I, I think to, to put it simply, we have this team, all of us, at number two because they're the most familiar team after the Vegas Golden Knights. They have the most NHL players on their roster compared to all these other teams that are full of either young guys or, or filling guys. Like uh, looking at San Jose's roster, there's a lot of names that I don't even know, to be honest. Um but when I look at this team, like I really like this forward group and what they've done with it now. They actually have top six players in the top six and bottom six players in the bottom six, which is something we could have never said about Edmonton before. I really like that they've, actu- they've actually shaped the team here. Like like he said, I like what Paul J. Harvey's been able to do. He's actually developed into a nice little two-way forward and having him and Hyman sandwiched, uh, Around McDavid is going to be a real interesting dyma- dynamic. And I, I'm looking forward to that. And like you said, Yamamoto's been great, and those other two guys are studs. So uh, I love that. Warren Fogel's a great pickup. I actually love that trade. A lot of people came out quick saying that they lost the trade. I completely disagree. And then they've got some good bottom six, like their fourth line. That's a good fourth line. I like it hopefully they can play enough defense to make up for this decor that you've uh, alluded to here, Chad. Um, I think you're going a little hard on none of these guys can play defense. I think that, they are a little bit more offensive defenseman, but there's some guys that can play there. I love the top pairing of the 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 guy who's going to dish the biscuit and Barry, but also Nurse, who just eats minutes up and yeah. is hard to play against. He's got that long reach and everything. I really like the player, so I, di- I give their decor like a C. You're giving it like a d minus
0: yeah i I mean listen like barry i understand as a point getter you need that on your team nurse i think i might have underrated him i just because of the contract like he clearly doesn't live up to that contract i guess in my opinion it might not be super clear um But I just look at like the CC acquisition, like CC had a a decent year at Pittsburgh. But I know firsthand from watching him in Toronto, he can't play defense. And the one thing I will say about their D is that Bouchard is expected to take another step this year, which will be good. So it won't be as bad as I first made it out to be. But there are serious concerns about who will actually defend on, on that back end. Mm hmm. Um, you know this team's power play is going to be absolutely lethal, so they've always oh, got yeah.
2: that. And they've got a couple penalty killers on this team now. And then to touch on the goalies, Chad, you you kind of hit the nail on the head here. Um, if you're going to have a 39 year old goalie be your starter, uh, at least hope that he's in the top 15 of goaltenders. Um, not putting Mike Smith there personally, so <laughs> that's a little scary. I don't I don't know if they can. <laughs> they can make it with that tandem but yeah I still have this team at number two that being said
0: yeah I I just look at the goaltending and I think what happens if Mike Smith regresses like he's bound to do this season after putting up really good numbers last season or if he doesn't regress and he still is is putting up decent numbers at age like 40 or whatever what happens if he gets hurt And then Koskinen is your starter. And then you've got... I think they have Alex Stalock as their backup now. So many goalies moved around, it's hard to keep on top of that but it, it's just it, it's not good enough and I think oh. the Oilers are a team who should be looking to improve in goal and I thought they should have done that this off season, but instead they went and got Keith for no salary retained so it just <clears throat> there are some there were some moves obviously that a lot of people disagreed with that the Oilers did but overall I think they might have gotten a little better but I think the glaring hole is still uh in in, uh, in goal and on the back end to a lesser extent but yeah anyway harp go ahead.
1: I, I, I do like the Oilers a lot. I mean, yes, there are some some questions on the blue line. I think they really will miss Adam Larson. Um, you know, at, at first I wasn't a fan of them losing Ethan Bear just because I, I I do like Bear as a player and as a person, but he did really struggle uh, last year. And Warren Fogle, that guy is a Swiss Army knife, and so he's going to really help them uh, in the bottom six and when there are injuries. He could certainly move into the top six if they need him to. Love the Hyman pickup for them. Uh, And then, yeah, the goaltending. Mike Smith was very good for them last season. Let's not forget about that. But age is not on his side. He's on a two-year deal. And then Koskinen has been so hot and cold for them as well. There were rumors out there, if you guys remember, about possibly Anton Hudobin coming to Edmonton. Uh, in some sort of a trade or whatever from dallas so um you know who knows maybe edmonton does end up addressing the goaltending at some point uh but for right now i I just don't know about it uh in the postseason and this team is going to be great in the regular season We've got them second in this division. I think that's bang on. But uh, I, I just I, I still wonder about this team in the playoffs like we've been talking about. And that's really what it comes down to. Like the, the pressure is on. Like I said, it's McDavid's seventh NHL season. And uh, you've got two arguably two of the best players on the planet. They're in the prime of their careers, and so it's it's time to to get moving here and, and make some headway for the Oilers. I like some of the moves they've made, but I'm just not sure if they've got what it takes to do that in the postseason.
0: Yeah, okay. Number three, Casey and I both have Vancouver. Harper, you don't. Uh, convince us why you think Calgary deserves a spot uh, over Vancouver.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got Calgary and look uh, before i get into why and what i like that they've done no question this is the last chance for johnny Gaudreau and sean monahan together i think it is a contract year for johnny Gaudreau. um mark giordano is gone now so that core has already taken a big hit uh a lot of a lot is, uh a lot is riding on on this season for the calgary flames matthew kuchuk came out with that quote right chad hey look it's time it's for us time to do something to, it's time for us to do something and it is and honestly like this team looks really good on paper like they've got jacob markstrom between the pipes who has proven that he can be a top goaltender and uh, i like uh some of the their young forwards like Manjapani and and Dubey that have uh, you know um, continued to to rise uh, these last couple of years, but they just haven't been able to uh, get the job done and, and find that consistency. But I do like what they did in the off season, and clearly it, their goal was to add more grit and toughness, add those playoff type players. Those. Daryl Sutter-like players, and it starts with Blake Coleman, obviously, who gets the big ticket in the off-season, uh, a six-year deal. I think he's going to be a great fit in uh, in Calgary after winning back-to-back cups in Tampa. And then I like some of the depth that they added on the back end with guys like Nikita Zadorov and Erica Branson, and you. You need guys like that in the Western Conference in a weaker division like this to uh, log some uh, some minutes in your in your uh, bottom pairing and uh, and just pound some people into the glass. So um, I I do like some of the moves that Calgary has made. I do think that they will bounce back. And um, but the only question I, I think I have is. Will the, the hole of Giordano be filled because he was such a big part of that team? Uh, and will they get enough out of their forward group? And one guy I'm really looking at to continue his strong play is Andrew Mangiapane uh, after the world championships that he had for, for Canada and when they won their gold medal. So um, anyways, I, I like the toughness Calgary has has added. And I've got them in third spot just ahead of Vancouver in this division. So don't know if that quite convinces you guys, uh, but uh, that's the end of my spiel on, on the flames and you can give me your thoughts now.
2: When I look at the Calgary off season, I see more of a trade deadline than an off season. Same. And a trade deadline of a team that is making the playoffs. They went out and got depth on defense. They got grit and they added one like big player and Blake Coleman, that that to me is a tra- trade deadline for a team that's in a playoff spot. Um, what this team is, as I mentioned before, it's a team that struggled in a poor division last year and didn't do too much to shake up the team, even though we've heard this comment that they need to make a big move. They need to shake up the court and, and they need to shit or get off the pot. And to me, I don't think they they really did that enough. They added Blake Coleman and lost their Norris Trophy winning uh, captain. Um it seems like they're doing some moves like the ottawa senators just bringing in big defensemen like erica branson and zadorov and i don't really know if that's really the the key anymore so i've got a lot of questions about this team but what i will say about calgary is they are just chock full of guys that are uh totally open for a bounce back season like Gaudreau and monahan and uh who else am i thinking of here um oh markstrom in net Mm -hmm. for me personally like all of Mm -hmm. these guys are so ready to have bounce back seasons but you need most or all of them to do that to make it in this uh in this league so i've got a lot of questions about this team um but uh i'm i'm willing and and open to, to have my mind changed case where
0: where do you have them ranked again um My my quick gut check reaction was number five. Okay, I also have them at number five, um, and we both have Vancouver at number three ahead of them. Um, So when I think about Calgary, I look at their team on paper. And it looks really good. And that was the reason why I picked them last year, I think, to win their division or to be like second in their division or something, because they look really good. They ended up having a bad year. Um, And actually, yeah, by the way, I didn't pick them to win the division, but I think I had them. You had them over the Leafs. No, I I think I had them second, though. (laughs) I was remembering. But yeah. So anyway, I, I was pretty high on this team and I guess like you can say that i still am because i like a lot of the pieces i just don't think they work well together and i think um what's causing that or like what needs to change is two things first of all the culture like i think it seems like they're at each other's throats in that locker room i don't know what's going on what the rumblings are but matthew kuchuk clearly isn't happy we talked about that quote a few weeks ago you know something needs to happen or it's time for us to do something whatever and they really haven't um and the second thing they need to change is coaching and they just signed sutter to what what was it a three or a four year deal um But when I look at that and and the system that Sutter plays, I don't think it's conducive to good players putting up a a high amount of points in the regular season. And Casey, I hadn't thought about this, but when you first said that you look at their offseason as as a deadline acquisition of a team who is going to make the playoffs, I hadn't thought about that before, but that rang so true to me because that's exactly what it seems like. Although, and, and it seems like Sutter is also. Coaching his team based on those same principles of a team who's going to make the playoffs, but they're, you know, so they need to get deeper and tougher and whatnot. But if you play that kind of hockey all season long guess what you're not going to make the playoffs in the first place and none of it's going to matter you need your stars to score in the regular season and you know it's a shame but it's also reality that there are really two seasons in the nhl the regular season and the playoffs and they're different kinds of hockey so you need to be able to excel at the first one in, in scoring points during the regular season and getting your top players going and then in the playoffs you need to play you need to be deeper you need to be tougher you know stronger and, and whatnot and you need to play that lockdown system so i personally for calgary i think they have the pieces to do it but i don't think the coaching and the system in place is going to be able to get them over the hump that's why i have them at five and vancouver at three so harp unless you have any final thoughts to be able to to change my and casey's minds here i think uh, we can't in good conscience well. put calgary over vancouver
2: what I'm totally willing to do is put this team at number four, which is okay. a playoff spot. Well, uh, I guess not now. Is it, it, it can be. Uh, it can be, yeah. Um, but I'm willing to put them at four and uh, and knock my, my ratings around a little bit.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, oh, I do
2: see it. Like, my, my whole, my big point is there's so many guys that can be better than what they were.
0: Right. So it's, I will do that as well. I will do that as well. Case. So can we go, uh, Vegas, Edmonton, Vancouver, then Calgary, and maybe just talk a bit about Vancouver at number three, why we think they should be there. You guys good with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. T- Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Case, <laughs> why don't, why don't you start on Vancouver then? I know you're a big Vancouver fan. Well, yeah, I am a big Vancouver fan
2: and <laughs> these guys did kind of exactly what they needed to do in the off season. They needed to do something big at, Okay, well, let's bring it back a second. I have Vancouver at three with an asterisk of they get Quinn Hughes and Pedersen yes. signed up, which yes. I'm assuming that's going to happen eventually here. Anyways, back to what I was saying. They they went out and did exactly what they needed to do in this off season. They got a, a year older and then added some very key pieces. Bringing in Connor Garland was huge. They needed another guy who could put the puck in the net, and that is what Connor Garland's going to do. Um, that top six is absolutely filthy in my eyes now. You know how much I love Bo Horvat and Pedersen. That is such a dynamic two-way, two, two way, like one-two punch up the middle. Brock Besser, JT Miller, they're going to put the puck in the net. Niels Hogg, and getting better and better and better every single season and uh, I, I love the top six really truly do and then they've kind of rounded out the bottom six pretty well bringing in Jason Dickinson that's a great third line center I really love that Tanner Pearson's a guy that can play up and down the lineup he's great to me and then they brought back Brandon Sutter to kind of play that fourth line center role that's a huge leadership guy and a guy that can play the fourth line excellent In the past, you've seen Sutter playing way too high up in this lineup. Well, he's right at home now, if you ask me. And then this decor got even better now. They have Quinn Hughes... Potentially Travis Hamonic, who played pretty well for them last year. They brought in OEL. That you know, we say that's a huge contract, and there's a lot of question marks there. He has progressed a lot, but I still think he's a top four defenseman in this league, and that's a great pickup. Tyler Myers, Wraithbone, Pool, Tucker Pullman. They brought in from Winnipeg. I I love this team. I really do. And then their goaltending, which we thought was going to be pretty good last year with Holtby uh, and Thatcher Demko. Got even better. Thatcher Demko had an excellent season last year, and then they pick up Halak to to replace Holpi. Love this team. Um, don't love them more than Vegas or Edmonton, obviously, <laughs> but I think this team has a huge back, bounce-back season, a year older, a year better.
0: Yeah, and someone, I, I don't know if you did mention him or not, Case, but uh, Vasily Podkolzin is also coming over from Russia, and he's expected yes. to... Play a part on this team, whether that's in the top six or, you know, a third line scoring role or something like that. He's expected to make an impact coming over from Russia. And you'll remember that was their 10th overall pick. Was it two years ago now? Um, And so he is expected to to join the team. So I'm looking forward to that now with Hoglander. That's the other young kid. He was a rookie last year. Got some Calder votes. Uh, Interesting young player. You can, I think, expect maybe forty maybe even 50 points from him this year, which would be incredible if, if he's able to hit that. Pod Colson, I'm not really sure uh, what to expect from him, but we do know that he's a dynamic, uh, offensively talented, uh, skilled player. So it, that'll be fun to watch and add to that forward group. My concern with Vancouver, and I don't want to spend too long because we've already got our one through four ranked here, but my concern with Vancouver uh, isn't up front uh, because I do like the moves that they made. It's not in goaltending either because I think Demco has emerged as one of the, the better goalies in the NHL, maybe top 15, I would say. Uh, if he's playing well and Halak is a solid backup but I would say my main concern is on D I'm not as sold on their defense uh, case as maybe you are I do like the OEL acquisition even though it is a bit of a high price tag but I'm not so sure that Hamannick, uh can play top four minutes uh, every single night I'm, I'm not so sure about that I'm not sold on Hamannick. Uh and also to Poolman I, I, I'm concerned with uh, his mobility and I think um, i just just to compliment a blue line if you're going to be playing top minutes you need to be mobile and i'm just Concerned a bit about the blue line, so I do have them at number three, but that is not without concern. Um, but I do think they're better than a majority of the teams in this league. Harp Vancouver thoughts?
1: Well, while you guys have the Canucks at, at three, I do have them just a spot below. I have them in the fourth spot behind Calgary. I do think they got significantly better. I love the Garland and Dickinson yeah. acquisitions in particular, and also like. Their whole organization in general, both um, the the Vancouver team and their American Hockey League team as well, um, got really deep, I think. They added a lot of guys that can uh, be inserted into the lineup if they have injuries and all that. So I, I think Jim Benning, as much flack as he gets from fans and media, he did a good job of adding depth. But yes, the one concern I do have is... Um, The health of some of these guys, you know, can Connor Garland stay healthy, him for example, Um, and the back end, you know, can OEL get back to not what he was when he was a young defenseman in the NHL, but you know, will a fresh start really help him? Will Tyler Myers have another half decent season because he was better last year? I don't think Travis Hammonick is a regular top four guy. And I don't know about that four year contract at just over uh, 2 million a season for Tucker Pullman as well. So uh, just some question marks for me with Vancouver, but not a big deal. I only have them uh, down a spot compared to you guys.
2: I think that they're one defenseman away from being a very solid team and uh so far we've seen that as kind of an easy acquisition in the league today so uh i'm not too worried about them there um oel the guys leaving that that hot hot dry desert for that wet wet northwest uh air so i think he's gonna bloom into a nice flower and have some re rebirth here in vancouver so i think he's a top four defenseman again
0: i i would love to see oel bounce back because i love Shame. the player and he was so so good and if he can get back to that that would just be good for the hockey in general so um okay so Har- when i was looking at the standings i kind of had the same idea that you did uh in things thinking that San Jose and Anaheim were interchangeable for the bottom two. The top two, obviously, as we talked about, were Vegas and Edmonton, and then it was everybody else in the middle. Now, Casey, you had Seattle dead last. Convince me and Harper why they should be in one of the last two spots here. Um yeah okay
2: well (laughs) kind of caught me off guard here but uh, i think it's pretty easy when i look at this team i don't see a top six forward on the team so that's a pretty quick start for myself um you know there's some good pieces here there's like a ton of third line players on forward like i would say almost every single one of these guys is a third line forward so uh, i'm starting to get flashbacks to what i was saying about vegas which is may- <laughs> maybe making me uh eat my tongue here but uh, honestly i'm not very thrilled when i look at forwards right, right away um defense there's a couple guys here that Um, this is their opportunity. You know, Vince Dunn, this is your opportunity, man. You're finally going to get the playing time. You're an offensive guy. Like, this is it. Gerardano's on the uh, aging side. Jamie Alexiak has scored like 14 points in the last six years, but he's a big boy. And Adam Larson, we know can play defense, but he's not going to put the puck in the net either. So I really don't see where the goals are going to come from on this team at all. Um, And... I mean, that's pretty much my main driving argument here is that this is a team full of third liners that I don't really know that they're going to excel at putting the puck in the net. Um, And that's pretty much it. I mean, they've got good goaltending.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I look at Seattle i agree with a lot of what you said i think uh you Mm -hmm. know they don't really have any high-end scoring but i still put them over teams like san jose and anaheim just because i think they're they're way deeper um which is the nature of the expansion draft you get the best player available from each team which as you mentioned case is typically like a third line caliber player uh, but I do think that they have, um, you know, some players who can seize the opportunity and play in, in a top six role. And they're going to have to. I think a guy like Jared McCann will uh, be better in a top six role. And I think a guy like Yanni Gord will benefit from playing more minutes on, on a nightly basis. So I think those two guys, uh, along with Eberle, like who is a consistent, you know, what is he, a 50 point score or something like that? I think their yeah. top six might be a little bit better than people are giving them credit it for but um, the reason I think this team is going to be good and I have them actually uh, sitting at number five actually battling for a playoff spot is because I think they're just so 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 deep that their fourth line is almost as good as their their first line and you know their their middle six is almost interchangeable for me so i think they're gonna be scoring by committee in case that was your question where the goal is going to come from i think they're going to score by committee more than any other team in the league because they have such a balanced roster as is the nature of the expansion draft and and that's what it provided them but uh, and I also like their back end so I don't think they're going to give up much so I think they're going to be a low scoring, low event team who somehow battles their way and I can see Seattle being a hell of a lot better than a lot of people are expecting them to be following Vegas's sort of template now i don't think they're going to be as good as vegas because i didn't like the moves that they made in the off season um compared to what vegas did i don't think they leveraged uh their their power in the expansion draft at all i think they took some players who didn't make sense i don't i didn't really know what the point was because i think they're still going to be a decent team but they're not going to tank so i don't see why they didn't take the best player available but They're not going to be the best team. So they're just kind of going to be in the middle. So I think they will fight for a playoff spot. But And and final point, as you mentioned, the goaltending. They might have the best goaltending tandem. Tandem, mind you, not starter and backup tandem in the NHL. And that, that might be their biggest strength. So if Grubauer can have another really good year and if Drieger can have another really good year, this team could be carried by their defense and goalies yes
1: yeah no a hundred percent a hundred percent sorry case you want to jump back in there
2: i think you're way higher on their defense um maybe you mean defense as in as a team team defense Um, yeah okay because their decor i'm not i'm not nearly as high on as as you may be but just quickly harp before you jump in when i look at the guys that are on this team um I know, I'm just going to keep on drilling back this point that I don't see very many goal scorers. I think what we've seen from Jordan Eberle is what we're going to get from Jordan Eberle. He played on a very defensive team in the aisle. And I think that's exactly what we're going to get from him here, except maybe a little bit of regression because he's not going to have guys like Matthew Barzell passing on the puck. Uh, Yanni Gord I'm a big fan of that guy but I still see him as more of a grinder than a scorer and he's going to be your first line center Jaden Schwartz kind of struggled to score in St. Louis last year Kylie uh, Jarncroc he uh, you know he was on a notoriously bad scoring team in Nashville so I think that's another piece where I just don't see the goals coming from Jay McCann may be an option. Alex Wenberg, hopefully, I really like the guy, so I hope he gets back. But after that, I don't know if any of these guys are really goal scorers. Colin Blackwell put the puck in the net a few times for the Rags. But other than that, like all these guys just don't score goals at all. So like, I'd like to do the math and add up this. They're like their 12 main forwards and see how many goals this team put together last year. Yeah, but you also have to a, think too. That's a of, tough that's a tough comparison because they're getting more minutes now probably but i I just i still don't see it um i know it's two against one so they're probably going to move up in the rankings here but (laughs) i don't have a lot of faith in this team but i'm sure i'm going to be eating my words like i was with vegas
0: yeah i I just think and to reiterate the point they're going to be scoring by committee i think uh jordan eberle might be their most Prolific scorer, and he is like I said, about a fifty-point player. I think they're going to have five, six, seven, forty, fifty-point players. Um, well, I think
2: thought- you,
0: you say you say Montreal
2: is a team that's going to score by committee, but they have guys that you know can score goals. Toffoli can score goals. Josh Anderson can score goals. Obviously, Caulfield now can score goals. You say that team's going to score goals by committee, but no one on this team has scored goals. Like that's that's my one problem with that. I, I hope they can string it together. I think you guys might be a little scared. You might be a little scaredy cats to look like a bunch of idiots like we were with Vegas. But sorry, go ahead, Chad. Yeah. I cut you off. A little no, bit.
0: no. I I just and it's not that I'm scared. I just look at this team and I just see a formula that. You know, might not be the the way I would build a team, obviously being a Leaf fan, but it just seems like it's a way of building a team that can work i can foresee it i can visualize it and so i'm gonna stick with it i think seattle will be better than people think i think their goaltending and team defense will carry that and uh, they might not score a lot of goals but like i've mentioned they might be a low event low scoring team and that uh, will take it take them i guess uh you know to the fifth sixth seventh spot somewhere in there but uh, i don't i definitely don't think they're dead last
2: That's what what you want. A new franchise eh, is
1: low event and low scoring. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, at least hockey is in Seattle now.
0: Exactly. That's it.
1: No, but uh, you know what? I just quickly everything that needed to be said about this team. I think you guys kind of summed it all up. So quickly, I'll just say that, um, you know, we're going to see some surprise breakouts on, on this team. There's no question. We saw it with Vegas. And I think that that is definitely a factor looking at the at the Seattle Kraken because everyone was so critical of Vegas. And then, you know, just what a new opportunity and big minutes can do for guys. We saw what it did for a guy like William Carlson, for example. 40-plus goal scorer in in uh, the Golden Knights inaugural season. And guys like Alex Tuck. And you can go right down the list. So... Um, It definitely is going to be by committee. Dave Haxtall is the man behind the bench. He's going to roll all four lines. They're going to compete hard every single night. I do like the back end personally. Um, I I think it's going to be uh, pretty hard to to play against that that top four. I do like it a lot. And the the goaltending tandem. Could very well be the best in the NHL, like you said, Chad. Uh, Philip Grubauer almost won the Vesna Trophy last season playing for the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, I do like that nice little three-year bridge deal for uh, 27-year-old Chris Drieger. So um, I I am higher on the Seattle Kraken than a lot of people are, and I do have them at five as well.
0: Okay, so if Casey had them last what? and we had them at you know at five, why don't we put them at six and talk about number seven and eight, San Jose and Anaheim? What do you guys think? Okay, I just want
2: to make one final,
0: my opinion point on Seattle here sure.
2: is Vegas brought in a lot of guys that never were given an opportunity, in my opinion. Um, Seattle here, at least on forward, has brought in a lot of guys that are solidified NHL players in their role. A lot of these guys were given shots. Alex Weinberg was playing top six minutes in Columbus, failed there, was brought into Florida. He's done better, and I hope he continues to do better. Um, Don scoy has been all over the lineup in San Jose. He got to play in Colorado and then kind of solidified himself. Had a great year last year, by the way. He did. Um, you know, Jaden Schwartz, he's just he's an nhl player he's been here he's been given given the opportunity what we've seen is what we're going to get set maybe a few years older kelly yarncroft's been in the top six in nashville before a lot of these guys have been given opportunities but have been the role that they are and i i just see that as different than what vegas was and that's that's kind of the one like one of the other things i'm i'm a little more skeptical about is a lot of these guys been solidified brandon Tanev, he's a bottom six forward that's what he is i don't see him being anything more or less so Mm -hmm. it's just uh there's a lot of question marks here i hope i'm gonna eat my words because i love the idea of seattle and i I love their setup and i want to see an expansion team thrive again even though some people didn't like it in vegas but i don't know i'm
0: i hope i'm wrong um so I'll move them up from eight. Five, that's far. No, no, that's no. Let, let's me. say six. Let's say six.
1: Uh, yeah, like, uh, I'm good with that.
0: So then San Jose and Anaheim as seven and eight. Are we okay with that order? And if we are, let's talk about it.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, those teams are... <sighs> sorry Zach and Micaiah those two teams are in my head solidified in the in, in the bottom then if Seattle's not there so yeah. like they're interchangeable like oh, I, they're for afterthoughts sure. for me yeah definitely.
0: okay so to wrap up then let's briefly talk about San Jose at 7 Anaheim at 8 and then also the LA Kings uh who on my list anyway move up to number 5 uh in place of Seattle so we've got our full ranking um we've got Vegas Edmonton Vancouver uh then we've got Calgary. Then we've got the LA Kings, then Seattle, then San Jose, then Anaheim. So let's talk about San Jose and Anaheim.
1: Yeah, um, I can start. So uh, San Jose, I think, definitely has a bit of an edge on Anaheim. I think... What they did in the offseason, bringing in a couple of veterans like Andrew Cogliano and Nick Benino, I think it kind of shows that they see how wide open that sort of middle of the pack area of this division is. And they think that they could be very competitive. Personally, I don't think so. And it really comes down to an aging blue line for me. and. Uh, The goaltending Aiden Hill is going to really have to prove himself as a full time starter. He was good in Arizona with limited reps. I don't know if he's ready to take over uh, an NHL crease full time yet. And then James Reimer behind him, who is very solid in Carolina. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know about that tandem. But I still think they have the edge on the Anaheim Ducks, who are still a very young team, still going through that rebuild. It's going to take some time for their top prospects like Trevor Zegras, Jamie Drysdale, Mason McTavish, who they just took third overall in this draft to mature and uh really make an impact at the nhl level so uh, i have them slightly edging out the anaheim ducks but yeah again this is an agent group the san jose sharks are and uh they're in uh, the basement of this division for me at uh, at seven
2: yeah i actually had them lower than anaheim on my initial list but i'm willing to to put them at the bottom if you guys want to um personally i think they have like four or five 12th forwards on this team and uh, then in their top six they've got a huge question mark and vander kane who's just tearing this locker room apart and might not even be playing hockey next year at this rate um and then i don't like their decor oh, like very much at all i like eric carlson i think he can bounce back and have another good season uh brent burns is my boy but I don't know where he's at anymore. Vlasic's getting a little up there in the age. And then yeah. uh, I'm not going to comment on the other guys.
1: They they and do. Then,
2: like you said. Yeah. Sorry, Case. Oh, no, go ahead, Harp.
1: Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to jump in quick with the blue line. I a couple young guys that I do like, but uh, Mario Ferraro is one. Yeah. I don't know if he's a full-time top four guy. And then uh, this year, do we see Ryan Merkley or not? Right, guys? We've been kind of waiting mm-hmm. on him. So anyway, I just want to to mention that quickly.
2: Yeah, no, there's definitely some opportunity for some young guys to make this team and and try to fill these holes. But um, we'll see how that goes. And then, like you said, that that tandem is scary to me. martin jones was their starter and that was scary to me well it's still pretty scary back there <laughs> I, I think almost
0: yeah i think their goaltending actually is my favorite part about this team now because i think they hadn't done anything for so long and now they've finally done something and now i'm not convinced that aiden hill is a starter Um, and or even a tandem goalie and i'm not convinced that james reimer is a starter uh, but i do know he is a decent tandem goalie so i'm looking forward to seeing how they both play in san jose uh, behind a a team that is another one that really doesn't know how to play defense i mean they've got two of the top scoring and top paid offensive defensemen in the nhl Uh, they don't score that much anymore uh, they just don't know how to play defense so i just so i'm looking forward to seeing how they uh do between the pipes And i like james reimer and I, I want him to succeed as well um but i just look at this team and this is a team in desperate need of a rebuild and they've already started accumulating some pieces but the problem is they're stuck with two big contracts on the back end and that's Burns and Carlson that they will not be able to move so no they're handcuffed this team is so handcuffed it's ridiculous so yeah I've got them at number seven uh just because I think they have more quality NHL players than Anaheim like you know they've got Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer is is sick and he can play and uh like who else they have they've got Kevin LeBanc LeBanc. he can play as well um and they've got a handful of guys right but they might not have Kane, because who knows what's happening with that. Um, he was probably their best player last season. One of, anyway. Yeah. So it's, that's a big hit there. I just don't see this team being very good. And while we're talking about you know the bottom two here, uh, I'm looking at Anaheim, and I think this is a team that is a bit more committed to their rebuild than San Jose um you know they've got Ziegris, they got drysdale both of those guys will be fun to watch about or, or be fun to watch and talk about this season uh but but that's about it really like that's all they've got they've got john gibson as well who was rumored in an eichel trade like a month ago so i don't understand like what they're, that yeah what they're doing like is anaheim buying like they should not be buying i think <laughs> they're more committed to the rebuild in san jose but then again like who knows um and then like raquel should finally be traded this season but those are my thoughts like i think both of these teams are really bad they should both you know fully go into a rebuild here um but i think anaheim is more committed at this point so that's why i'm putting them dead last and actually one final point on san jose i wanted to mention too before i forgot is that alexander barabanov Leafs legend it was almost a point a game last year for them after he got traded from the Leafs. Do you guys know that? He was,
1: he was very good <laughs> for them down the
0: stretch. He had, he had seven points in nine games. So I just thought I'd add that in because why not? You know, Alexander Barabanov, <laughs> Leafs legend.
1: It it's so it's so funny with san jose too like they've had guys come back and perform really well like another guy uh rudolph's balsers was a really good player for them last year and now reimer is back you know so who knows i don't know san jose is just hoping that uh you know some of the old guys can come back and help them get back into the mix but And they got a great first-round pick in William Eklund, uh, which was really nice to see for them. Personally, I think that if we don't see San Jose surprise us and get into the mix and be competitive and fight for a playoff spot, I think we will start to see more of a rebuild kind of shaping up for this team. That's just my personal opinion. That's what I would do if I was in Doug Wilson's shoes.
0: I think I'd blow it up right now, but anyways, okay. So that's seven and eight. I, I know I'm probably the harshest critic. I haven't on the even podcast. talked about Anaheim. Okay. Okay. Go, case. Go quick, ahead. Yeah. Case. Quick
1: thought on Anaheim.
2: I just had a couple quick points I wanted to make. No. This team is like the New Jersey Devils from three years ago. Like, so they're gonna be at the bottom. They've got a lot of young guys that you're kind of waiting on to get good, like Lundstrom and Comtois and uh, Jacob Larson. And there's a few guys there. Sam Steele, another guy. It's like, OK, they're all young, talented, high ceiling Max guys. Jones. Get good now. Yeah, Max Jones is another one. Then they've got a couple young studs. Trevor Seegers, Jamie Drysdale. And then they've got a couple old guys on the team. Ryan Getzlaff, Adam Henrique. You know Travis A. Jack Kyle Palmieri, for example. So this team stinks of New Jersey Devils three years ago, which <laughs> is a good sign for the long term of this franchise, but for the short term, it's very bad, and uh, that's going to be the outcome of the season.
0: Yeah, I right. like that
1: comparison. Yeah,
0: hey, you're right about that case. They do stink, and that's why we have them at number eight on our list here. Let's talk about LA and wrap it up. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, in right, case I right. didn't know you could talk yeah. right in time. <laughs> but okay L- la at number five, right that's where we have them at number five
1: Yeah i I had la at six but um you know since we we need to have a uh, we need to have a consensus list at the end uh, yeah number five I think is good. I think this team, you know, they got better in the off season. They're trying to speed things up and they could really surprise a lot of people. Casey, we'll go back to you to start just with a quick thought on LA before we wrap up. I know you're really high on the Kings. So, uh, just go into, uh, your thoughts on LA for us. Well,
2: uh, you know, at the risk of sounding like a 10 year old here, uh, they're my second favorite team in the league. So <laughs> I, I have to be a little high on them. uh, what I will say is that these guys are in the the more sexy part of the rebuild where it's like, okay, now it's time to start accelerating this rebuild and being a little better and playing real hockey so that these young guys can can feel what that's like. And that's uh, a similar thing, again, to what the Devils are at now. It's like, okay, let's start winning for Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Yeah. Um, that, and that's what I see in this team because they've got a lot of young very talented players coming up and joining the team this year and at the same time they've, they've been willing to bring in arvidson and Denoe and like an alex edler which you know that's not great to bring in but it's it, it's a sign that we're ready to start winning hockey games and uh i know i really like this forward uh core it's a very deep center team which is always a good thing to have guys can bounce out to the wing way easier than guys can move into center so uh that's a favorable position and there's a lot of guys who are going to get big opportunities here and uh i i like cal pearson so i'm i'm pretty big on this team i actually had him at four so it's good math of us to have him at five here so i like him
0: <laughs> good math and boys in the booth in the same sentence do not uh that doesn't happen very often um yeah, L.A. Kings should be another fun year with with a young team. I think I said this exact same thing last year. If they made the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. But personally, I just don't think they're quite there yet. Um, bringing in Dano is a good step to accelerate the rebuild. Also, Arvidsson. I'm I'm less uh, you know excited about that one. I do like the uh, bringing in Dano. You're right case they've got great depth at center this year will be about um, you know going into the final stages of a rebuild playing with a bit of house money if you do get going or if you do squeak into the playoffs and just seeing you know what this talented young roster can do we're gonna be looking for guys like Byfield as a rookie to have a good year Uh, you know Arthur Kaliev we're gonna be looking at Turcotte and even another uh, season from the young player Gabe Velarde so there's a ton of guys here who are in the mix who are going to be fighting for spots, fighting for ice time. And uh, I think that internal competition will be great for these young players. Like I said, though, I don't think they're quite there yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do better than uh, most people think. Cal Peterson, I love as well. He had a really good season last year. I think it's safe to say that it's his net and it's no longer uh, Jonathan Quick's. We know how good Quick was in the past, but Cal Peterson is there now and he is one of the better goalies in the NHL. He's definitely a starter now, uh, which is good. Their defense, though, is atrocious. It might be the worst decor in the NHL. That's what I have in my notes here. Like, I'd have to look around, but... It's very bad. Like it's dowdy, and then you mentioned they brought in Alex Edler, and then it's like who else do they have? So I'm, um, I just that's going to be the weak point. Like we're going to be looking for Cal Peterson to put in a Vesna caliber season here, and a lot of their young players to be able to hit. But uh, I, I just don't see them being a playoff team yet. But I think they're definitely trending in the right direction.
1: Yeah,
2: they they they're are young. The, the young guys that i see having a chance to to make an impact here are actually the young guys on on the back end. Uh i didn't mention that but that's kind of what i was alluding to and those are guys like Mikey Anderson and mm-hmm. uh Bjorn Ford which i think are both guys that are primed to have some kind of breaking out seasons here so
1: mm-hmm. i
2: don't like the decor i'm not not going <laughs> in that direction at all yeah. but yeah um there's a couple guys there that are going to have some opportunities and hopefully yep. they uh they can play enough defense up front and put the biscuit in the,
1: the basket. Um Sean Walker is another guy that I like on their back end. Um and who knows, uh maybe you know, a new opportunity for a guy like Christian Willanon, right? From from the Ottawa Senators. But yeah, it's it's very young. It's weak. It's pretty much Doughty. Edler Walker right? Matt Roy is solid too, but Yeah, I don't know. It's just not enough. I like Peterson as well. I like the youth on this team. I mean, they have done so well with drafting and developing case. I like how you worded it. They're sort of in that sexy part of the rebuild, you know, L.A. and Chicago. Right. Those two, again, that they won their cups and then, you know, back to the, the drawing table for a few years. Now they're ready to kind of get back into it again. I just don't think they're quite there yet, though. Next year. Definitely have them penciled down as a, as a playoff team, I think, for sure. But uh, I think it's just one more year of them being just outside of it. But they, they will be very fun to watch, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. So I, I'm good with them at, at number five.
0: Yeah, final question to wrap up. Uh, and while we're talking about the LA Kings, posing it to you guys, you have no knowledge of this question. It's purely a prediction. How many points does Quinton Byfield score this year as a rookie? uh 30 harp
1: i will say i'll go i'll go 40 40 points for for quentin byfield
0: you went 30 case harp you went 40 i'll go 50 because might as well but we'll see (laughs) i'm excited to see this young team is my point i I want to see quentin byfield do well yeah No, for sure
1: all right well there we go uh i will uh before we wrap up i'll just recap again our consensus for uh the pacific division rankings for the upcoming season so at the end of it we've got vegas at one edmonton at two vancouver at three calgary four la at five seattle at six and then San Jose and Anaheim at seven and eight. There you go. Pacific Division rankings for the upcoming season. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, with the central division rankings as our uh, division rankings series continues we are about a month away from puck drop for the new nhl season looking forward to that camp starts on wednesday thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast and we will talk to you again next week
0: this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.